Hey, it's True Crime Tuesday tonight. We're going to talk about a man, a good man, who did his, the best job that he possibly could, and everything, everyone else around him took a big steaming shit, and he tried hard, but it didn't work out. He was a good guy anyway. Tonight on True Crime Tuesday. <laughs> what? You don't agree with that? <laughs> Just roll the thing. Roll the thing. <laughs> The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. What? Um, it's Failure to Stop. True Crime Tuesday. Failure to Stop is the number one podcast platform where you go to be informed and entertained as a first responder. It's also where you go to be informed and entertained as a civilian because we don't like classify or encrypt the information. It's open source to anyone who's here. True Crime Tuesday is your favorite podcast. That's why we put it near the beginning of the week because we know you just can't stand to wait. I'm John. I'm an active 911 dispatcher in the field. That's why I'm allowed to be on this podcast. Otherwise, I would just be some guy, you know? That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joining me is my ex-wife, Kendra, a former sheriff's deputy some do- somewhere down in America's Wang, also called Florida. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing really good. Um, my favorite uh, carbonated water was on sale this week um buy two get one free this does not count as a life story um, every, it, every, every week kendra has a challenge to prove that she's a real human being with like an interesting anecdote and today to this week's anecdote is water was on sale uh not just regular water carbonated water oh and I got, sorry i got three different flavors and um it's extra exciting because they had the um cherry blossom one they don't normally have that and um it's arguably the worst flavor but it's one of those things where you're already drinking carbonated water and when you add a terrible flavor to it it's almost like you just kind of get comfortable with the pain and um, that brings some sort of something to my life other than staring at the wall taking a tasteless situation and adding pain is a lot like talking about how we were married for many years. I wanted to go back and revisit last week's case about Rex Heerman. You and I were talking last week about uh, the police chief at Suffolk County, James Burke, and how he was kind of a perv and how he had the sex toys in his patrol vehicle and he had the porn in there. And then he beat up a suspect in the car or for breaking into his car and taking his duty weapon. And his uh, refusal to allow the FBI to get involved in the Gilgo Beach investigation. So understanding that and that he's facing charges again for soliciting sex acts and offering sex acts in in a Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park and kind of the whole of him and uh, the state's attorney. uh, We expressed a lot of discontent and unhappiness with former police chief James Burke. You said something interesting because I was listening to the show. I always do that for quality assurance and because mine is the only voice that I can listen to as I'm trying to fall asleep because it perfectly replace, replaces the sound of my th- not, uh, my thinking brain, which will never stop. 
do you do you think uh do you think it's it's worse the hypocrisy of james burke the police chief do you think that's actually worse than just like normal random serial killer uh taking out all those prostitutes in gilgo beach because we have the police and we have the chief held to a higher standard do you think the hypocrisy is worse yeah i do because because okay. i will never say that hypocrisy is worse than killing seven four to seven people <laughs> you have to be a fucking you have to have zero perspective if you think the perspective of of like the hypocrisy of your job outweighs the lives the broken lives and the broken families of four to seven people i'll take a hypocrite over a murder any day you know why okay sure hypocrisy like the the damages caused by hypocrisy can normally be taken care of with like I'm sorry, email, but a murder can never be solved that way. And I'm not surprised at all. With that in mind, knowing now that we know that you have the worst perspective on things. You I are. Also, I also wanted to go through several other things that have been on my mind lately. Ever since that whole chip dip thing, do you think that I can I clarify? Like Hold on. I'm on a roll. Uh, we were, oh you, you, you thought, well, don't force me to this false dichotomy and you only like being this echo chamber and you only like getting your, your perfect, you know, uh, confirmation bias. I'm going to, I'm going to run several of these, uh, <laughs> past you. I want you to just, just take a hot take about which of these you choose. All right. Okay. So have you ever been in a position where you could choose a hamburger or a cheeseburger and chosen the hamburger go no is it called a socket wrench or a ratchet a ratchet what is the superior mint wintergreen peppermint or spearmint peppermint chicken tenders or chicken strips uh aren't those the same thing faster kendra you are being timed you're about to forfeit the next one. Chicken tenders. Is it easier to ask for per permission or forgiveness? Forgiveness. Can you have cold pizza for breakfast? Yes. After I am dead, will you remember me for my secret heart of gold or for my ability to make a damn good breakfast? <laughs> Your heart of gold, John. Fight to the death. Fred Flintstone versus George Jetson. No weapons. Fred Flintstone. Okay, you got most of those wrong. <laughs> what, else? what else has been going on with your week? I need to make a clarification. Um, okay. by by you just said since you now know since you now know you were wrong. No, I'm making a clarification about. The, I'll stand on all of the ones I just said except for. <laughs> You're very good at putting words in my mouth. I do not think that hypocrisy is worse than murder. Okay. You said it. What I was saying, what I was saying is that an asshole is going to be an asshole. Like there are bad people in the world. There are evil people in the world. And that's part of the reason why law enforcement even exists. And yes, I do realize that evil and bad people can become law enforcement officers, but that's, that's worse to me than a regular evil person because you expect there to be evil people but there shouldn't be evil people in in an organization that's meant to keep people sh shielded from the evil people that are not law enforcement anyway there you go so hypocrisy is not worse than murder no you can be a shit person if you want 
But it's also a fashion thing, right? Why else would there so many different police departments have so many different uniforms? <laughs> um, I don't. I have I've no seen idea. Blue, white, taupe, coyote brown, sheriff's brown. Some black. of it is actually law. Like in Florida, sheriff's offices have to wear green, and they have to have green. They have to be green and gold. It's pretty silly, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know what that's about, but there you go. All right. Well, I don't know why we're on the topic of fashion. It seems you brought it up. It seems sort of womanish that you would uh, distill. I I want to remarry you just so that I can fucking divorce your ass again. Okay, that's the most painful thing. So I don't know why we got to this. <laughs> just we were joking about chicken strips and chicken tenders. It was all a joke until you took Stop it gaslighting me, John. Start gaslighting me because I wanted to I want to be literally gaslit rather than marry you again. I would literally want there to be anyway. So you want to be lit on fire? <laughs> no. Is that what it feels like to be married to me, John? Damn. No. It was okay. You were gone a lot of the time. Um I was so looking we, for my deals on water. We were. Um this is your favorite case. It's definitely a, it's one of, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely it's interesting. And and I I regret that we didn't do it at Christmas time. I don't know why, I don't know what I was thinking. That would have been the ideal time if you wanted to. But you know what? That's what everybody does. And we're here to subvert subvert expectations and do things that other people don't do. So here That's we are true. at the end of February. Let Yes, let's talk about what the reason is of the podcast or the why of what the hell is going on here. I think I briefly touched on it, but why would you want to listen to this when so many other podcasts exist? Almost almost 100 other podcasts are out there in existence. Over 100, some might say. <laughs> yeah. Over 100. So Kendra is like this uh, cop, former cop. She used to arrest people justly and then uh, jail them. And uh, I'm a 911 dispatcher, and so a lot of times, like I get involved in investigations, kind of on the front end, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but between those two things, we have a little bit more insight into what's going on in law enforcement. So, we do a podcast that's admittedly a little bit more pro police, but that's why you would want to listen to us, and not some of these podcasts that are all like just UGG boots and lattes and uh, horrible ideas about law. Kendra, I don't know if you can tell, but I just got a haircut. What do you think about it? Well, it looks really good, and um, I know that your nervous system uh, is, like, hyperactive, and you can feel each individual hair getting sliced by the blade, and so I just want to commend you for um, suffering through that so that we, you know, we can have you in a presentable manner. It's an autoimmune disorder. I got it from a bad vaccine, but not the one that you think. Um, let's talk about the case Okay. It's the it's the Corvita murders, right? The Covita massacre or the Corvina. Ortega family massacre. Corvina. Yeah. Now this or started way Santa Slayer. The Santa Slayer. This started back when our bad guy, in, in your opinion, anyway, I think he's misunderstood. I think anyone who shows up to kill people in a Santa costume is misunderstood. I think if you claim to get him, you don't. Uh, this this guy's name, you know, misunderstood hero. Uh, Marvin Haymeyer type of guy, Bruce Pardo. 
uh, was born uh, back in the 60s. I don't know if you want to start back that far. You know, there's not a lot of information about his childhood. But then when mm-hmm. I was hearing that on a uh, rival podcast, I thought to myself, if something happens with me, like if I get slighted, you, you know, even a little and my rage becomes untethered, you know, uh, case in point, my uncle Tony did a, some pretty unspeakable things in an Easter bunny costume. So anything can happen. But like, will they be able to say that they knew a lot about my childhood, Kendra? Like, if you if you if you flip your lid, if the cheese slides off your cracker and you go nuts, you know, is anyone gonna be able to like really talk about the young you? Um, probably not. I don't think that I really ever was a child, so probably not. You were you were a youngster. <laughs> yeah, no, I there. It would be very boring. If someone do you not, find some do you not feel like you had you know you didn't have a sense of childhood because you couldn't delineate the two because you grew up to be five feet tall and then you stopped growing and then like the nothing happened for a long time and then all of a sudden you're like 18 and you're an adult and you can't account for anything because you hadn't been accomplishing anything for a long long time i'm five one thank you very much and do you know that in, the, in my home state of virginia that you could actually apply for disability with that no, you Just have to be four. Out. I think you have to be four, eight or lower in the state of Florida, but not in Virginia. You know what? You're honestly, di- you're disabled. You are known by the Commonwealth of Virginia to be a disabled. The world. Person. Okay. And I know you feel you're afflicted similarly, just the opposite. The world is not made for short people. So it is a pain in the ass to be this short, legitimately a pain in the ass. So that's kind of cool, but also like that's not a disability. So when we were married, we never saw each other, even when we were both home. <laughs> I saw you. You didn't see me. <laughs> I'd have to but tell I only to go saw... very far away for, for her to enter my site. You were just like a floating torso most of the time. It was constantly forced perspective. Like you, you would be like, I would have to tell you to like go towards the horizon of the house. <laughs> Walk a thousand yards that way so go, I can go, see you. Go into the other room so so I could I could capture. But the, the amazing thing is it took almost no time before, like, the breadth of my vision would capture the whole of you. Because you just don't have many pixels in you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just, you're just you're, res- you're low resolution in real life. This is what I actually look like. That's <laughs> just her. It's I know what you're thinking, that Florida is just cloudy. But it's just she doesn't have a lot of stuff. There's not much there, you know. <laughs> I, I, on the other hand, am, like, in full 4K because I'm so fucking huge. I'm like, like if this the TV the um from Willy Wonka where the kid pixelates and floats through the air and then goes into the TV. I'm like, if if that stopped midway, that's me. Is that like the remake with Johnny Depp? No, that's in okay. the original. It's- I don't remember a kid getting pixelated. Mike TV, he gets pixelated through the air and goes into the TV. All right, like whatever. Terrible fate. Uh, Bruce Pardo, though, the, yes. the Covina killer. Yes, Bruce is Your a man of many, case. huh? Your favorite case. Yes, Bruce is a man. Um, he's a human man, and he is afflicted with um, the inability to make good decisions, I believe, because all throughout. <laughs> I hate these banners you put up accusing me of things I've never said. Okay. I'm just kidding. I take note I'm of just that. kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, 
as you said, there's not really a lot from his young, young years, other than the fact that people noticed he was good at math and he was pretty intelligent. And he went on to be, I think, an aerospace engineer. Um, he's a California he was, native. He was actually, a, I thought he was a software programmer, but he still yes. worked for the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Yes, he was very intelligent. But, um, but he did not do a good job. Like many intelligent people, he rests on their laurels, don't do much work. Uh, infuriated by everyone around you because everyone around you is like a simpleton and uh, just isn't doesn't inspire you to like achieve greatness. It's like why why you could be someone who's incredibly brilliant, but like basically just settle into a mediocre job, you know? Yeah. And um, his first like real job doing what he went to school to do and all that, he got I believe he was fired from the job or he got in trouble because he was looking up his fellow, his coworkers, like salaries and stuff. Why? I don't know. So maybe some sort of, maybe he felt like he was entitled to more and he wanted to see, I don't know, but I want to pump the brakes right there in the word entitled because, because you can do a thing is a good enough reason to do a thing. It has nothing to do with entitlement. It doesn't mean that he felt like he had was privy to that information, but he was able to do it. And to be honest with you, if I'm, if I'm a software engineer, I'm a software designer and I'm working at a place that has, I presume a lot of uh, software security for keeping proprietary information, even defense department contracts from getting out in the open. And I can go in there and say, look, you're hackable and I can find this piece of information that uh, is, is something that they want to kept, be kept private. I'm expecting a reward for that. Do you think that's what he was doing? I hope so. And I hope he gets his reward in the afterlife for hacking that database. Okay. That's an interesting perspective. Hot. And I wasn't there Sorry. in his mind. Spoiler, so. spoiler alert. Unfortunately, Bruce is no longer with us. Although He's dead. Some people think that life is cyclical, so he could return. So let's hope not, because um, once is enough for me. Um, so that was the first real like thing from his past that kind of showed his the beginning of this pattern of bad decisions, right? No, because he also went to his uh, high school graduation or college graduation, and he walked across the uh, the 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 thing you know where you go get your diploma thing <laughs> yeah yeah we walked across <laughs> it with a blow-up doll which how the hell does anyone yes. let you do that i was i was you know he was a bit of a cut-up right he was someone that did what he wanted he, he felt like the rules didn't apply to him and perhaps they didn't because perhaps all rules are made up or perhaps rules are simply for simpletons or, or for lackeys or people who lack context to make the kind of decisions that frankly intelligent people should be able to get to make like intelligent people shouldn't have to be constrained to the driver's speed limits that can find the rest of you some of us can make that decision for ourselves but anyway it goes across the, the thing with the blow up doll and it's hilarious i guess yes i'll always remember bruce is hilarious he is kind of a cut up and that that is something that people describe where he was just like a really outgoing guy and he just seemed pretty normal so i Anthem. There's not really, eh, there's not really a lot of, um, because he didn't have like a record. He didn't do anything other than make these really shitty decisions, which I'm going to get to the rest of them in a second. He really Hopefully. didn't do a whole lot or present any sort of red flags, which is something that we see in these kind of cases where people quote snap and everything seems fine until it isn't, um, I want to hear about his first marriage. I know you don't even want to talk about that. Or the first attempted marriage. I'm, I want to hear yes. about that. Yes. So 
the second really big kind of like decision that he makes um he was he's with a woman named delilah i believe her name was delilah and they decide they're going to get married um but you know bruce is kind of strapped for cash and apparently she's got some money so they agree that she's going to pay for the wedding and the honeymoon um and they're just going to go on about their lives well, they plan this wedding. Everybody's excited. The day comes and Bruce is a no-show. He just doesn't fucking show up to his own wedding. And turns out that he not only let her pay for the wedding and the honeymoon that was never to be, he also drained the rest of her bank account. which $3,000. $3,000. And he took that money and he took himself on a vacation to Palm Springs <laughs> instead of getting married. So <laughs> there's that. Can you imagine and, the look on her face when she found out? Ooh, Bruce. Oh, it's you know, it's bad enough to be left at the altar, but to be completely wiped of your savings on top of it. Oh man, I can't even imagine. But you know, there was like she, 250 people going to that wedding. The amazing thing is not just this, <laughs> the fact that he, he like set this whole whole thing up, but that he maintained the preposterous lie that he was about to wed this woman any moment. Like to get married. I remember this with you, Kendra. Like, you have to ask the dad for permission. You got to buy the ring. You got to go down to Men's Warehouse. You have to argue with the manager named Manny <laughs> to tell him about how you think that's weird and how he says we have your measurements and we know what style, so you can wait outside while we do the rest of your groomsmen. And anyway, it's a whole bunch of work, and you have to like get the what? What is that? Uh, what is that? Uh, the whores d'oeuvres. You got to sign those up. And the, yes, the, the whores d'oeuvres, John. The, crud yes. the crudites. If you're going to have vegetables, you have to call them crudites. They can't just be there. You can't just have a vegetable tray. The whole thing's very hoity-toity. And you have to give money to a venue and lock down <laughs> your liquor people and come up with a plan and bartenders and colors and prints and flowers and the whole thing. And you and uh, a woman will sense that you are not properly engaged in these things, if you do not think that each and every one of these last inane details is the most important thing and deserves 100% of your attention to the point where you're standing there at the florist with a fucking nosebleed trying to figure out which flowers smell better, um, women can tell that you're not engaged, right? So, like, uh, he kept all this up for how long? For however long they were engaged for and the whole deal? And it was all just to get her to be at a specific place at a specific time so he could get the money out of the bank and go to Palm Springs. That guy's a grifter, world-class grifter. And if you don't appreciate him for what he did, you have to at least appreciate how he did it. The strategy. I This guy's got strategy. He's a Tetris master. I love he really him. is. I'll give him that. He's got strategy and he's got really good execution. Um, but I oh, will say... Oh. I wouldn't use that. I, word. I will say. Oh, poor taste. I will oh. say that she, um, Delilah, really dodged a bullet on that one. Um, oh. <laughs> spoiler you get, alert! You get one of those. So after he does this, um, he moves on with his life. A couple of years go by, or some time goes by, and he meets some another woman who he falls madly in love with. Her name is Eleanor. Um. They move in together to an apartment. They have a child. They have a son. Um, Something bad happens to the son, right? Yeah, everything. But is before going... we get into it, I want oh to do God. a couple ad reads because I want I want people to be like locked in, guys. 
the fate of the sun. Rests that's in your whole, hands. That's a whole deal. Well, I don't know. Well, I might. I don't know. This is a real person. I don't want to exploit them that completely. Folks, this show is brought to you by Ghostbed. If you are a failure stop listener, you can use the offer code Wolfpack and you can save up to 40% off on whatever you find over on that website. They sell great things in terms of sheets, blankets, pillows, mattresses. Truly is a great place to go to spend money and to find things that will radically improve your life. You're a first responder. You're sleeping at night. Maybe you're sleeping during the day because you got one of those shifts. Maybe you're going to be sleeping into the day because the people that you work with keep you up unreasonably late at night uh, doing work. There's no way to know, but you might be, <laughs> but you might be sleeping at, at an odd time. You need to take care of yourself, get the best sleep that you can. I promise, if you go to ghostbed.com and use the offer code Wolfpack, you're going to save a ton of money, and you're going to get something that's going to help you get sleep so good that it's scary. Go over there, help yourself out invest in that that third of your life that's so precious who amongst us can wake up and say that we would rather face the day than go back to bed not i no i would rather stay in bed and i don't even have any ghost bed stuff but i hope to someday because i can save 40 percent off with the off code wolfpack something else i'm doing is eating almost every day i'm eating and uh almost every day i'm also at home why not combine those things when you're at home uh if you look around you if you're at home right now and you do not have food you are an idiot because Factor Meals could bring that to you. They would deliver it right to your house, right where you live, wherever that is. Even me out of the fucking moon. They have brought me food before. Use the offer code Wolfpack50. You can save 50% off to start. They have over 300 options on this website. All kinds of meals. Whatever it is that you like to eat, you can have that brought to your house. Uh, Megan doesn't watch the show. so She says she likes Morbid better than us because it's a well-researched. Well, at least Megan's researched enough to know that like Factor Meals has delicious food. She was posting about it on her Instagram earlier this week. She got some fettuccine. She got some broccoli on the side. She said if it were not for Factor Meals, she would not be able to survive being a full-time college student because it really saved the day, saved her a lot of time. This is fresh food brought right to her house, and it can be brought right to yours. Throw in the microwave a couple of minutes. That fresh food is uh, made hot and delicious. No, this is not a frozen meal. What is wrong with you? I, I would. I've told you hundreds of times. This is not a frozen meal. <laughs> Idiots. <This is> fresh... <laughs> Idiots. Stop thinking that. This is fresh, delicious food. It's made by chefs. They bring it right to where you live. Okay. You don't have to go out to eat. Like the other day, like I didn't even like go to Cold Stone because I'm so I'm so peopled out. You know what I did? I went to Sonic because I don't have to get out of the car at Sonic. And they brought me my ice cream and I tasted it and it wasn't a tenth as good as Cold Stone. So I just threw it away and I cried in my pickup truck. Folks, that doesn't have to be you. You could be at home and you could have uh, Factor Meals bring you delicious food. It's going to edify you. It's going to give you all the vitamins you need to be a great first responder, to uh, invest in yourself, get everything you need out of life, uh, and face the day with tons of calories that you need. And all, like I said, all the vitamins. We appreciate Factor Meals for teaming in with us. Again, failure to stop listeners can use the offer code Wolfpack50. You can save 50% off to start. Go over there right now. The show is also brought to you by Zaps Chips. Zaps, um, again, this is the official chip of True Crime Tuesday at Failure to Stop. If they ever um, respond to my incessant messaging and calls, um, I'm really, I really, really love them. They're my favorite chip. Everyone should be eating them. And um, I just, all I can do is stare at the wall and think about them nonstop. And they won't return my calls. Um, they're, a, they're, 
<laughs> They're a New Orleans kettle style chip. They come in a bunch of different flavors, but my favorite one is Voodoo. It's kind of like a salt and vinegar chip and a barbecue chip rolled into one. It's great on sandwiches. It's good in soups. It's good by itself. Um, you can even sprinkle it on top of a cheesecake if you really want to, if you want to go crazy. Um, I, I just, I can't say enough good things about them. And I really, really want them to call me back. Zaps. Kiss the chip. Kiss the chip. No, I'm not doing that. Oh. That was... <laughs> And what an audition that was too for an ad read. I mean, if somebody sees that, they're definitely going to want to sponsor me, right? You might you might get an Emmy. I mean, I mean, you're not acting. It's the thing though is you really do love those chips. Like, uh, I called her earlier today to like figure out what the plan was for getting this done, and she she's like, "Gotta go." Eating a bag of delicious crispy zaps, and I heard the crispy sound of her eating a chip, and then the sound of the phone hanging up. She loves those chips. They also come in pretzels. They do. They have seasoned pretzels. And now really I know what good. you're thinking. I'm a Dots pretzels fan. Idiot. These are better. Yeah. I've had Dots love, and they're good. These are I better. Loved, yeah, I love Dots. It's legit. Uh, so back to the case. Yeah. So <laughs> the fate of the, the boy. The fate of the boy. What happened to him? Not the horrible yeah. son. The horrible. Anyway. Yes. My God. Okay. They My God. Had you have a... no empathy at all. What's wrong with you? They had a son together. Bruce and Eleanor had a son together. Um, Little Bruce Matthews was his name. Yes, Bruce Jr. Things were going pretty well. They were pretty normal family. Um, but around a year old, I think he was 13 months old, um, Bruce Jr. and Bruce Sr. were at home. And Big Bruce was watching TV, hanging out, not really paying attention to his kid. And, you know, at that age, they're running around. You can't really take your eyes off of them very long. Uh, but somehow little Bruce manages to go outside and unfortunately he falls in the pool. Oh shit. At least they had a pool though. And <laughs> yes. And um... so <laughs> shit. <laughs> so anyway, little Bruce falls in the pool and, um, Eleanor comes home to find Big Bruce holding Little Bruce in his arms, freaking out. They call 911. They get there. Um, Br little Bruce is taken to the hospital where he spends about a week um, being monitored and trying to bring him back basically to some sort of normalcy. Um, Bruce has, was being uh, an excellent father and and they, well, they weren't married, but essentially they were husband and wife. He was there every minute of every day being supportive, um, doing everything that he could to make his family uh, come together as much as you can in a situation like that. But unfortunately, about a week after um, little Bruce was admitted to the hospital, the doctors gave the news that he'd been without oxygen for so long that he was permanently um, irreparably brain damaged and he would become a paraplegic for the rest of his life. <clears throat> Bruce took this news in. And he thought about it for a little bit. And he said, you know, this ain't for me. I think I'm going to, I'm going to deuce. Bruce took a deuce and he left. I don't know what that means. Doesn't that mean he go to the bathroom? He deuced out. He deuces. <laughs> he deuced. I think a lot of people have told you that they're going to the bathroom, but you just thought they were. <laughs> I, know. I know it has two meanings. Yes. Anyway. What? Is that a pun? 
It has no. two meanings. <laughs> so he peaced out on his family. And he, he abandoned them. He abandoned his family. And not only did but he abandon them. He did abandon his family. But what's the opposite of abandon? What's the opposite word of that? Like, what's the antonym of abandon? Um, Adopt. He adopted a cool unwanted. life. A cool life devoid of too many burdens. So, like, he made a choice of awesome life. <laughs> Sure. Um, he not only did he abandon his family and leave them hanging out to dry in the possibly the worst scenario you could possibly be in, he cut off all contact. He would not talk to Eleanor to the point where she had to sue um, his house insurance because, God, John, um, she sued the house insurance, home insurance, so that she could get some money to deal with the like $350,000 in medical debt that they were in now. And because they weren't married, um, she had to go that route and sue him. So he basically somehow avoided all of that and he profited off of it because he, he claimed this, his child on his taxes, the child that he abandoned and refused to, to help with or contact. He, Claimed him as a dependent on his tax on his taxes. So not only did he just run away, he profited off of his son's uh, misfortune that was caused by his negligence, and then just pretended like it didn't exist. But the IRS is out there screwing over everybody all the time, isn't it? Okay, Kendra, as a former law enforcement officer, <laughs> to commit a small amount of fraud to get back at the IRS. Um, even if you're, even if it's tasteless and you're exploiting a crippled child that you left, that you crippled and then left to face a horrible life of fatherlessness and crippled them, you know, at least you can strike a blow for the common man against the IRS. The libertarian in me wants to be like, hell yeah, fuck the IRS. But in this scenario, you're an asshole. I guess um, so. Any- so anyway, moving, stop with the banners. Ken just had some hot takes today. That's all. I'm so done with you. I, oh my God. Anyway, so he moves on from this terrible decision and he says, you know what? I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to start a new, I'm going to become a new Bruce. In fact, I'm just going to pretend like everything in my life up until this point didn't fucking happen. You got to have a do-over at some point, though. Can you carry that baggage with you forever and actually like live a good life? You've got to. <laughs> you've got to. You got to. At some point, you got to say like, you know what? Do we're just doing it over? Yeah. So what if he has a jilted woman in the past who he robbed blind, and he's got a son that can't walk and a and a woman that he left behind? He also left behind the pool, by the way. You know, I just want that on the record. I don't know if there was a new pool in his new setup. Am I ruining this for you? You seem you seem to be totally unable to enjoy doing no, a podcast. I, just, I know okay. I I see what you're doing and I appreciate it. I'm letting you run with it because I like it. Okay, just listening. He he. Anyway, he meets a new love at some point. 
He does. But that child doesn't get crippled. I want to point that out. That it's a net improvement on the next, the next terrible encounter with uh, with loved ones in his life. No one gets crippled in that one. I well, mean, I know, I know that the final encounter is way worse than the second encounter. But I was going to say he's not done terrorizing children yet. All um, right. But... Yeah. <laughs> so yes, he does meet um, what would end up being his, I guess, first wife technically. Um, her name is uh, Sylvia Ortega, and Sylvia has she's a single mother, and. She's comes from a pretty large family. She's got um, three or f- she's got four other siblings. So she's one of five. And this family is described as like the most open, loving, caring, giving people, um, which is portrayed in Sylvia. And you can just tell that she comes from a, a background like this. And somehow she ends up with this guy, Bruce. But they fall madly in love, and um, you know Bruce. Bruce is pretty charismatic. He's got a lot going for him. Yeah, he is outgoing, and he's decent looking, and he, you know, he he makes a lot of money. He was working at a job that he was making six figures at the time. Um, and they get married, and they do have a child in common. Um, but pretty soon after they get married, uh, things kind of get wonky. And like after like a year in, they're already like not talking to each other, sleeping in different in different rooms. And if you're not watching, you're missing out on all of these um, these things that I'm apparently saying that John's quoting me on at the bottom I think of the people screen. People can hear you. People can hear you. They can. <laughs> they can hear my inner thoughts. <laughs> Just keep going. Um, so they're hitting a rocky patch really, really early in their really in their marriage. Um, and Sylvia and Bruce's mother become kind of close because Sylvia comes is an exempt an exam- exemplary member of this family. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Anyway, an exemplar role model. Yes, yes, and basically Bruce's mom was like she'd had enough of his bullshit. She knew who her son was and she decided to tell Sylvia that Bruce had this life. Now, I don't know if I don't know if the motivation behind telling Sylvia was to sabotage the marriage or to inform her, or if maybe um, Bruce's mom thought she already knew and she just brought it up. I have no idea, but regardless, (laughs) Sylvia finds out about, his um, leaving Delilah at the altar and abandoning his disabled child that he caused to become disabled. And then also the taxes, the tax fraud and the exploitation of his uh, disabled child. Exploitation of a disabled child is rarely good. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's a very slim amount of cases where it's a good thing. Uh, in fact, probably zero, but, Sylvia freaks out as anyone would, and she's like, I don't know who you are, right? <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> and she divorces Bruce. Now, she's not quite out of the house yet. They, like I said, they have a kid in common, and they're she's in kindergarten. So she asks Bruce, Hey, um, can you mind if I stick around while the kids in <laughs> until she's out of kindergarten? I don't want to uproot her, blah, blah, blah. Cause she's gonna end up moving back with her mom and dad. Um and Bruce is like, yeah, sure, babe, whatever. It's fine. 
Well, one day. <laughs> Once again, he tricked her, this new woman, into being at a certain place at a certain time so that he could take his filthy revenge. So he, he's while, she's, while she's out. They were laughing. literally at her birthday party, I think. Weren't they at her birthday party? I don't think so. Uh, maybe. I don't it remember. might have been at a birthday party. I think it was a birthday party. And, I'm um, just so used to him ruining special occasions, you know, I know. Um, whether it's whether it's a wedding, a, a Christmas, a birthday party, you know, or a pool day. Uh, yes, a day by the pool. Um, <laughs> she she leaves for the day, and um, it's funny, but it's not funny because it's Take- like what the fuck. But he takes all of her stuff and just d- kicks her out. Throws all the shit in the street. The, the, the <laughs> mom stuff, the kid stuff, it all just gets dumped out on the yes. street. So, so she's got to contact her family and you know find a new place to live while this is all going on. But get this. After that happened, it's very hard to walk back from this. It takes a real man. And Bruce is that man because he tries to... And I don't want to use the word con unless I want to follow up with convince her to come back. And rekindle the flame of their love again. But unfortunately, this lady has just had it. You know, I guess just to throw all my stuff and, and my daughter's stuff into the street while we're at a birthday party is too far. Oh, and also you committed fraud against the IRS and exploited a disabled child and all this. It's too much for her. You know, she obviously has a lot going on, a lot of drama in her life if she has no room for Bruce's drama. And, um, you know, if you don't have room for a man's drama, if you if you can't take a man when he's at his like most cripplingly worst, then you can't have him when he's back at, at my please take me back baby best. Does does that make sense to you, Kendra? Yes, and you know it's funny because one of the um, podcasts that I listened to on this case, <laughs> she um, the host got to this point and she was talking about where he was throwing all the stuff out. She decided like. You know, okay, that's the final straw, right? She said she just went through all of this stuff we're, we're talking about where he, like, is exploiting his disabled child. He left the, her at the altar. Blah, 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 blah. And she goes, now, before you think that Sylvia is this horrible woman for divorcing Bruce, let me explain something. <laughs> and that made me laugh because I was like, <laughs> Do you, would anyone really think that she's a horrible person for divorcing a guy like that? It just made me I don't chuckle. Know. Anymore, like people can get divorced for no reason without anyone thinking anything, right? The no fault divorce, they just couldn't make it work out. You know, uh, yeah. people just people are just like, we're not in love anymore. We grow apart uh, with Kendra's thing. It was like, I'd, I'd rather be alone and stare at a wall than ever see your miserable face again. <laughs> Jokes on you, though, because we have to do this live podcast uh, every week. Um, but, uh, you know, I how. I do believe in that that marriage is sacred and you should stand by your man and all this, but it's just like uh, the man needs to behave in a loving way towards his wife. You can't expect or ask a woman to stand by a man who behaves so terribly. Now you can't expect perfection from a man like man, a man's going to make a mistake. A man might put his marriage in danger, throwing shit out into the street. And also the, the boy crippling was pretty bad, you know? <laughs> at some at some point you have to, you have to the say, boy crippling. The, the, there's a bridge that won't be crossed, and every woman draws that line for herself. In this podcast, you probably just drew a, a farther line than most modern liberated women, such as yourself. That's okay. 
Yeah. So anyway, I guess I've been doing the podcast now. So anyway, so uh, no, Bruce loses his job. Well, okay, then you do it. <laughs> well, do you know why he lost his job? Um, probably doing something awesome that they didn't appreciate. What was it? Time fraud. <laughs> oh, really? You know, so... it, it's not his fault that this that our culture has like uh, this weird. The thing about immediacy and like, yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's it's the culture that's dishonest. He's trying to live a more natural way. Like, yeah, have you ever worn a wristwatch and never looked at it and you're like, this is a shackle? Bruce is just trying to break free of that. And he's trying to get paid while he does it. Because if you did it for free, you'd be a chump. So good job to Bruce on that one. Well, you know, this is this might be the only thing that we will agree on in this case. <clears throat> Is that in the divorce, Sylvia asked for like a ridiculous amount in um, alimony. She didn't get it, but he still had to pay her $1,700 a month in alimony. But, that's, but he was making six figures and she was making 30K and she had at least one child to raise. And and when you get married, you you make certain financial decisions and commitments together that you and you ex- have a certain expectation. And it's not right that your whole life gets destroyed because your husband is a boy crippling asshole. I think that it's perfectly OK for the for the balance on the on the checkbook to be leveled out there a little bit. I think that's I OK. Hear you. You I hear, hear you. You hear me. I want my alimony. I feel you like you just disagreed. I was used I feel... to a standard. <laughs> I feel like you're disagreeing with me simply because I said this is the only thing we're going to agree on. But I. What is this counseling? Were we back? I personally. John. Where's Dr. Lehman? Is she about to jump John. up from behind the couch again? I told you I hate surprises. I personally, and this is going to probably get me a lot of hate, and I, well, not hate, but I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, including you, apparently. But I, when children are involved, very different, okay? But that's, to me, it's like, okay, that's child support. Pay child support. I personally don't believe in alimony unless it's some sort of severe case where, like, you can't provide for yourself and you had an expectation because you got married fine but if you can provide for yourself i just i don't believe in alimony so i thought that was a little crazy to i thought this would be a good topic for us to discuss because i thought we would agree on it but i guess we're not gonna agree on it but i still think in proportion to his income yeah 1700 bucks a month considering that she's got children and a shared child <laughs> um, I'm laughing at a banner that John has posted. If you're listening, that's I think why I'm we laughing. agree. In all, in all truthfulness, I think when you're when you have special circumstances like Bruce, like where you are literally making uh, six figures, he's making about 122 thousand, and you're getting along just fine. You're like buying boats and like going on ski trips constantly, and uh, you ruin your marriage through your own terrible conduct. And the wife has to take the kid. And like go like get on government assistance. Like I would rather him pay than sure. for them to get on government assistance or or just have that poor child eke out a, a terrible meager living just because he had to he had to have his boats and hose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. See, that's what I mean. When there's children involved, it's very different, but it should be child support at that point. But that's me. That's my personal opinion. I don't judge people for getting alimony. I'm not saying that. It's just I I don't 
I don't personally, but I just, I don't know. That's just me. So anyway, let's move on. The funny thing about the alimony thing, though, is that because he lost, he also was ordered to pay her $10,000, which I don't think she saw any of that. Um, and the first alimony check that he wrote her uh, bounced because he was making no money. And then the second one, he put a stop payment on because he couldn't fucking pay her. <laughs> so she didn't see any money anyway, even though she asked for alimony. And that, honestly, that probably happens more often than not. Probably all the um, time, yeah. Yeah. But anyway... Um, so now Bruce is in kind of a dire straits situation, right? Especially for someone like him, where he's used to running away and starting over and being fine and skating by and just lying and fraudulently, um, obtaining whatever he's getting in his life. And he's at a point now where he can't do that. He's backed into a corner. He's got, um, everyone knows his secret about the tax fraud. He's, he owes all this money to this woman that he cannot pay. He's got the, the responsibility of a child, of a child. Well, really he's got the responsibility of multiple children but he's only being held responsible for one and up until this point he's done a pretty good job of keeping shit together and now it's all falling apart in one fell swoop because he just all of his bad decisions have now compounded right mm -hmm. and and he's heading towards a a, a moment of peak critical tension he's yep. lost and, his and, job mm -hmm. he's lost his job uh, for something really stupid, something that's going to be hard for you to like get a job anywhere else, you know, t time fraud. People are going to find out. Um, he lost his wife. The kiddos, goodbye. Judge says, the judge says, look, it takes a real man to come in here and say that you've done wrong by this woman. But it also means you're a piece of shit that I now pronounce your divorce to get out of this courtroom. So it's like he's <laughs> battling, he's battling a lot of shame, right? Like um, he's going through a, a, a lot. A uh, lot's going wrong, and sometimes when you're going through that, you uh, you get blinded to the idea that you could ever recover. Even a guy like Bruce, who seems to have dodged an adult life and responsibility at every turn, seems like things might finally be catching up with him. And so, this brings us to my favorite part of the podcast: the plan. <laughs> there was a complex plan. Go ahead and, and, and uh, say your thing, and then talk about what the plan was. So all of this divorce stuff and everything happened. Um, they were declared divorced a week before Christmas. So on top of all that, it's the holidays, which can be a rough time for most people. Even for people that like the holidays, it's stressful, right? So all of these things are happening all at once. His own mother um, is, is on his uh, now ex-wife's side. And she is the one that kind of probably in Bruce's mind, the one that ruined the marriage anyway, because she's the one probably. that... that Dis yeah, dispelled all this information to Sylvia. <clears throat> so Bruce decides that he's gonna, like you said, devise this plan. And we know that it was planned out by a couple of ways. First, the first clue is that he bought three six hour nine millimeters within a month of each other because there's like a waiting period, right? Um, uh, I, I, what I, in what I heard was, what I heard was strikingly different, if you don't mind. I'm not here to, was what now? You. It was strikingly different. I'm not here to contradict you, but I am here to counterdict you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but he actually bought five guns in five consecutive months because in the state of California, you have to wait 30 days between buying a weapon. 
And so he went down there in what, like July, August, September, October. This was while the, yeah. It's all with this divorce stuff's going on, right? So the plan's already in motion. He's buying all these guns. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, John, even if he buys five guns and he does this cool like matrix stuff where he's, you know, flying around and all this, California, the magazines are restricted to 10 rounds. It's not going to be that awesome. Idiot. He's going to Iowa and he's getting extended mags with 18 rounds in there and he's putting them in his California guns. So now he's 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 made a, a, a transcontinental firearm uh, fun fun time uh, uh, lots of gun stuff. Good Kendra. times fun. Yeah. So yes, he flies to Iowa, like you said, to meet a friend and he gets all this ammo and he's got these guns, but he doesn't stop there. He Manages to get his hands on some, I read jet fuel, racing fuel. It was high octane stuff, right? He um, he rents two vehicles. He buys a plane ticket for, like, the plane would leave the night that he commits this atrocity we're about to get into. <clears throat> These vehicles, he... Loads one of them up with all of the stuff that he gets to include a Santa costume that he had custom made by his friend. He, yes. he told his friend that I need extra room in this thing. And he said, well, well why is that, Bruce? Are you going to are you going to wear a fat suit and go full legit? Or Bruce, are you depressed? Are you are you eating your feelings and you're just fatter now? And and, and Bruce says, no, I need space, spaces to put guns and such. And they're like, oh, you just need gun pocket guns inside your Santa thing. I can whip that right up. <laughs> the image of that made me think of um, Tim Allen in the Santa Claus when he like puts on all that weight. The third one where he goes apeshit, takes no, out all the elves. I don't like those. They should have just stuck to the one. Um, that I'm good on that. It's a, it's a, it's a full series now on Amazon Prime. It's horrible. But he says, I was stung by a bee. And then he orders all of these like <laughs> like cookies and sundaes and all that. And then his coworkers are like, stung by a bee, Scott? And he just grows bigger. I don't know. Anyway, that's one of my favorite Christmas Great movies. scene. Classic comedy. Yes. Santa's uh, rolling a, there's, down there's the block a, in a panzer. There, there's a part Sorry. of that movie where, where it was so inappropriate that by the time it got released on VHS, that it, there was a part that actually got erased from, from the original version of that movie. Did you know that? I know, but I'm not surprised because Tim Allen's kind of dirty. He's kind He's of body. He, he, he And in that movie, he was being a little pervish. And that was kind of right when he was capitalizing <laughs> on his uh, home improvement, like uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of wholesome image that he had at the time but you gotta remember like yeah. i'm pretty sure that tim allen like at one point has been arrested for like coke and hookers you know yeah tim allen is um i, I love tim allen but he definitely has now. a side to him great guy yeah. yeah so anyway um santa kind of santa kind of did come rolling down the block in a panzer with this scenario too because he gathered all these tools he has all this plan he has this plan going on. The plane ticket that he got was to leave. Oh, I already said that. Anyway, <laughs> I kind of got distracted by Tim Allen and Santa Claus for a second. So a week after the divorce is final, it's Christmas Eve. Sylvia's with all of her family, her, her two parents, 
her uh, four other siblings, her nieces, her nephews, her her kids. There's a lot of people in this house. Um, they're all together, gathered under one roof to um, share their holiday spirit and their love. And you know, you forgot to mention how, what a good family they were. You forgot to mention that like the patriarch, the grandma, and grandma that had been married I said for it at the top of the years, fifty-five years that they want they met. They met in a Mexican soybean field that uh, the, the grandpa saw the girl when she was 17. And he said it in Espanol, like, I'm going to marry that girl one day. And like they, had, they moved to America and they were dirt farmers and they went through the Great Depression and uh, they helped win World War II and the whole thing. These are the best family. Truly American dream. Documented, we do not know, mm-hmm. but great people. Yeah, everyone had great things to say about them. I mean, they just, like you said, they They definitely embodied the American dream. So this is like the worst possible thing that could happen to the best possible people. And this is Bruce on the right. He's kind of a kind of an asshole. He's creepy looking. Um, I don't like that shirt. Who gets trim on a polo? Is that a zipped polo? My God. Yep. It sure is. I hope they're at a I hope they're at a hope they're at a country club or something. So Christmas Eve rolls around. The Ortega family's together all in one one space. And there's a knock at the door. And um, eight-year-old Christina, who is Sylvia's niece, she looks out the window and she sees none other than Santa Claus with a big old wrap present waiting for her. And Other podcasts have sound effects. I'm just trying it out. I know. She runs to the door. She flings the door open. She says, Santa. And um, Santa basically says. Picks her up. He picked Hello. her up. Picks he her, her up. He, okay. He picks her up. <laughs> he I'm puts just thinking her down. it's especially cold, though, to pick her up. Yeah, because she's excited and he's picking her up like, oh, my gosh. Hello, I'm Santa. And puts her back down and then immediately shoots her in the face with one of the nine millimeters Fucking that he hell. bought previously. She survived, though. She turned away at the last she, second. Yes. We won't. Yeah, we're not going to wait till the end to tell you that. She did survive. She was shot but, through the jaw. But you know she's horribly disfigured and terribly fucked up about Christmas forever. Of course. Of course. So once this first shot goes off, um, the family's kind of like, what was that? And Bruce family's out there playing Texas Hold'em. You got kids yep. playing video games. Somebody's upstairs using the computer. This is Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. This is yep. like they're having their traditions. They're having they're having family together time. Once again, he knows exactly where everyone's going to be. He's put everything all together in the plan. And his ego and his life can't suffer his ignominy and failures. So he's going to take it out on the child and others. Kendra, I'm so angry that you have lifted this man up. What? What you see, you say he's been saying he's a hero this whole time. This guy's an asshole. (laughs) Your banners have been saying that. I have not said that. (laughs) Um, Bruce continues into the home and just starts shooting uh, at family members and just just around in the house. Um, Sylvia's brothers, uh, James and Charles give a valiant effort to take him down and stop him, but it was um, to no avail. And he shoots and kills both of them. Um, He also shoots and kills both of their wives. Joe and Alicia, who are the, who are um, the parents, Sylvia, 
and her sister, they run and hide in the dining room and they're all huddled under the table together. <clears throat> and Bruce walks in and shoots them all in the back of the head, you know, systematically kills them. Um, when he's the K in the chaos, a bunch of a couple of the other family members escape. Most of the children um, escape there. One of them jumped out the second story window. She broke her ankle. They were busting through windows to get out. Are you raising your hand, John? I am. I want to bring back a Thursday tradition. I want to play some 911 audio from this case. You guys okay with that? With me doing a Thursday tradition on a Tuesday? Yes. Kendra, um, show, so I'll ask for your Of permission. course. Do you want me to like, do you want to just play it or do you want me to give some I'll just play it. I don't need to break it down. Well, you, I okay. mean, you're giving the background right now. Like somebody got away in this uh, terrible uh, conflagration of uh, a tableau of man's inhumanity towards man is the young and old bound together in love or uh, dying alike, trying to save each other from a madman uh, dressed as a, uh, you know, Papa Elf. You know, it's horrible beyond comparison. But a 911 call gets goes out to your local 911 dispatcher there in Corvina, and we'll play the audio. Kendra, any final thoughts before I play that? No, go ahead and play it, John. Corvina 911. Um, yes, I'm on Northwest Avenue. Uh-huh. I'm a homicidal guide, and he's he saw my little cousin right now. Okay, is there? Can you tell if there's anybody injured? Because we have fire department and officers en route. Hello, hello. Hi. Who's coming immediately? Who's coming immediately? Dispatchers doing the best they can to offer comfort and provide information to someone who says about their entire family, I don't know who's left alive on Christmas Day. Heartbreaking, terrible, something that I could hardly imagine. You would never want that to occur. Uh, but that's what they were left with. Kendra. Yeah, and if you're watching, um, you can see in the video that there's a bunch of firefighters there fighting um, a fire. Um, the once Bruce felt satisfied enough with shooting the entire family, the he unwrapped that present that he brought, which was a homemade flamethrower. This is where the racing fuel comes in. And what he what he did was he was emitting these um, 
these particles into the air so that um, it would ignite and basically blow up the house from the inside out. Um, I guess the fireplace that was going ignited these these particles that, that he was emitting into the air while he was shooting everybody. Uh, and it caught the house on fire and it went up in flames. Um, one, one other, the last individual who died um, in this massacre was uh, Michael, who was um, a grandson. He was upstairs playing video games. He died in the fire. He was not shot. But a total of nine people were murdered um, in this in this horrible, horrible tragedy. Nine members of this family who were there to celebrate Christmas with their loved ones died in a horrific, terrifying manner. And everyone that else that was there got to live through it and witness it. Um, there were 13 children involved in this. Obviously, one of them, Christina, she, like like we said earlier, she was shot in the face. She did survive, but yes, she's horribly disfigured and traumatized beyond belief, I'm sure. So, um, and that 911 call was made by Christina's mother. So you can imagine the panic that just, I mean, just imagining the scene in my head and being there thinking about being there is just, it's horrifying. Cause I think about, you know, my family, my family always had pretty big gatherings for Christmas. I've got a big Irish Catholic family, lots of cousins, you know, the patriarch and the matriarch, you know, my grandparents were always a big part of that. And just, I relate to this family a lot and I can't imagine that being what I associate with Christmas. Now it's terrible. Just going through it alone Losing your parents as a child in and of itself is horrible, but to be there and basically witness their murder and have it attached to Christmas, I, it's just horrible. The whole thing is absolutely atrocious, and it's because a guy couldn't deal with the consequences of his own terrible, terrible life choices because he's a piece of shit. Um, so... Like he the flees call. the scene. He flees yes. the scene. He's got third degree burns on him because wouldn't you know it? Like, uh, you know, shooting flames around. You know, <laughs> you're you're burning down a house and enough to kill people that you haven't even shot. You're gonna you're likely to get burned yourself. I mean, this thing wasn't exactly OSHA tested. Who knows exactly how it was constructed? But I know what you're thinking. This guy meant to go down in the flames and the hail of gunfire from the police or whatever. Wrong. He had $17,000 in cash strapped to his leg. He had every intention of killing all those people and getting out of there and getting away with from his consequences yet again and going and starting over a brand new life. And fuck that entire family. I'm Bruce Pardo, and this is how I feel like it's okay to live my life. Fucking psychopath. He also was trying to take out... he. It's believed that he was trying to also murder his own mother because she was supposed to be at that Christmas party. Um, yeah, she and, was invited. She, they yes, loved her. She didn't go, did. though. She wasn't feeling well. Yes. And he also, one of the vehicles that he rented, um, he put all of, I believe it was the, there's a RAV and a Caliber. One of them, he parks, he puts like all these, boxes of ammunition and um oh yeah 
he rigs it essentially with the Santa suit. So when he leaves the house, he goes to this this vehicle that he has strategically parked very close by to his wife's divorce attorney's house. Um, And they had it, he had it rigged to where if you moved the Santa suit from the back, it would have a tripwire to detonate the rest of that fuel and set fire to all the ammunition and hopefully basically back in the bomb. It's going to cook off and and yeah, it's going to go off like a bomb. You're going to have rounds firing all over the place, not only killing a lawyer, lady walking her dog firefighters responding to the scene all in danger because of this guy so bruce um had this whole this wonderful strategic getaway plan all laid out ready to go he was very strategic he did he had all of his ducks in a row right but um like you said he got he got third degree burns on a lot of his body to the point where the santa suit was melted into his skin and um, it's believed, and I agree, that this is why he did what he did. Um, he never made his great escape. I think he realized, um, I'm not going to get away with this because I now need to go to the hospital. And they're going to fucking figure it out. So, instead of going through with his elaborate plan to escape and avoid accountability yet again in his life, he goes to his brother's house. He walks in, he sits on the couch. He puts one of the guns in his mouth and he ends his own life. Um, again, fuck, just fucking over one more person on his way out. His brother had to come home at three o'clock in the morning and find his and find him on his couch. That way, would have been a lot nicer if he had decided to do that. You know, uh, a couple of days before that or several years before that would have been real nice. Yep, and we could have avoided all of this, all of this um, tragedy and just fucked upness that he that he did um the investigation because he killed himself it's pretty cut and dry there's not a lot to it um they they identified who he was they had the evidence they had a whole car that was rented in his name full of literally all of the evidence that he the had 911 caller said it was our our ex-brother-in-law bruce i mean yep and they find him dead on his brother's couch with third degree burns with part of the same and into his flesh like obviously that he did this right there's motive there's evidence there's identification all that's very cut and dry and um so the family never gets their justice and honestly in a situation like this i feel like having somebody um brought to justice is just like such a small drop in the bucket of shit that they have to deal with that even it doesn't solve any of the grief and the trauma it's a little yeah. bit of closure, I'm sure, but at the end of the day, nine of your family members are dead, and you got to witness it. And so at the beginning of the night, to... they're still gone as well. Yeah. So. Uh, but I will say that you know the family, the the survivors, still bonded together. They they could easily resent Bruce's mom for not swallowing that tragedy. Um, you know, <laughs> but they love her and uh they don't resent her or anything and i think that that just kind of also speaks to what a great family that was and i think we should all be so lucky to have a family like that yeah so we appreciate them folks if you like this case go ahead and put a one in the chat kendra's favorite case if you thought that like this was tastelessly done and we need to enter a period of self-examination about how we do things and maybe stop rolling our eyes Go ahead and put a number two in the chats. 
Um, if you think Kendra puts up with too much, uh, put a one. <laughs> and if you think that I put up with too much, also put a one. Um, we appreciate one. you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Gosh, folks, you bore witness to that. That was awful. I'm sorry. I don't believe you. I think you meant it. And <laughs> you're just taking it back because there's an audience here. Folks, we appreciate you. <laughs> stop it. We appreciate you watching. Tell you to stop. We appreciate you watching True Crime. Uh, this best show of the week. Uh, tomorrow, we got uh, Eric and Anthony. They're going to talk about uh, political news that you need to know this uh, election season. Thursday. Got more sports stuff going on. May, me and Jay Keefe, uh, we might go down the true crime path. You know, quite a few athletes in the history of sports have committed crimes. O.J. Simpson, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, yes. Tiger Woods and others. That's right. We're covering the car crash of Tiger Woods. Always make sure. <laughs> always make sure to drive sober. What about uh, all those dead Chiefs fans? Were they Chiefs fans? The three guys a, in the backyard? That, that's a little too hot. Oh, that case. That case is weird. You and I should cover that one. That one's not at yeah. all sporty. I was trying uh, we, to let some of the but, the info come out before we touched. But yeah, on we it. don't know anything about it. We don't know how like a guy invited three friends over for a Super Bowl party or an AFC Championship party, and like they all froze to death in the backyard. It makes no sense. I immediately think they got drunk and passed out. Yeah, it could have been during that go- Dolphins game when it was like record cold. It was like minus yeah. twenty seven. So I guess it's possible. But all three of them. I mean, if it's that cold and they're not there. To I mean, other, one guy fun. drinks too much and he passes out and he dies of exposure. A second guy comes along and he drinks too much and he passes out and he dies of exposure. A third guy drinks too much, goes outside, dies of exposure. You see a pattern emerging here, Scully? What if they all just really, um, what if they just like got drunk together and just passed out? What if they realized the Chiefs aren't worth it? I think that's what it was. Yeah, well, they, like, they should have oh, stuck man, we around our because... <laughs> Well, whatever. <laughs> Get out of here, Kendra. They could be celebrating. <laughs> Friday is going to be a big case breakdown. And then, of course, you'll catch us here back next week with comedy on Monday. Because if you want to have a funny show, it's on Monday. Uh, my thanks to Kendra for uh, all of her hard work that she puts on this show. Programming things. We encourage you, if you have a case that you want to hear on True Crime, uh, instead of just leaving that in a comment section or like randomly texting me, uh, we we need more information than that. Uh, send us an email. Send it to Kendra at True Crime Drama. That's True Crime with no underscore. And then it's not the word drama. It's actually drama with a J. Like Eric yes, Tanzi like doesn't get it. And he always calls you True Crime Drama. J-Rama. Because <laughs> he just doesn't get it at all. But it's John... Uh, Robert Adam Mary Adam is how it's spelled. So true crime drama. It's a whole thing. Anyway, email her, send a case, send a source. So it's like if you want to send a Wikipedia page or like a YouTube, like send some sort of link so we have something to go with. Don't make her do like figure out what the hell you're talking about, right? If she already has to do research on a case, it shouldn't be like decoding your like uh, your Dan Brown email, you know, with your <laughs> trying to figure out what the <laughs> fuck you're, you're talking about. So send her something. We'd appreciate it. Also, on occasion we do uh, we take breaks from true crime and uh we do fun things like mad libs and we do fun things like spelling bees and uh in the next episode i'm pleased to announce that we will be doing a counting contest whoever can count higher will win 
but we will also be doing uh we're reading your true true crime so like if you're a cop if you're a paramedic firefighter dispatcher tow truck driver whatever weird or interesting thing that has happened to you in your career that you think that just is is a story worth telling something that you would tell around a, a bonfire or a round of beers or uh, to your friends as they slowly freeze to death before the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl. <laughs> send it in and turn, send it in an email to Kendra. And when we do those episodes, we'll break it down. We appreciate you listening to Failure Stop. It's the number one podcast where you go to be informed and entertained as a first responder or as one of our friends or our family. Guys, uh, take care of each other. Merry Christmas. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Kendra, did you want to did you want to say uh, your, your your sign off? Yeah, thanks for listening and watching and um, stay safe and please just make better decisions and Bruce Pardo. God and damn it, make better decisions. If you're going right to now, someone out the there is, is going to kill their whole family. For fuck's sakes, we keep doing these shows, the tote family murders. People keep killing their families. I'm sick of it. You're planning on it's doing fucking it right terrible. Now. Turn on this show and, and think about like w- w- maybe I shouldn't kill people. People keep dying um, since we make this show, and I don't understand it. I feel like this show is the answer to murder. Like, figure your shit out. Don't get on a true crime show. Yeah, don't get on a true crime show unless you're hosting it or you're guesting on it. And if you're going to rock around the Christmas tree, make sure it's in the uh, new old-fashioned way. It is almost March. All right. <laughs> Guns up. Giddy up. Good night, America. Good night, Kendra. Good night.